we should we should talk about comics we should start yeah. the show yeah we should <laughs> anyway uh, uh hello and welcome to the watcher's guide to the marvel universe the show that's really fucking tired of talking about filmmakers opinions on marvel movies i'm max and i am jr and we will not be doing that today Hooray! We already, we already got JR's blood pressure up, and I don't have the energy. So, yeah. uh, how's it going? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of what yeah. I got too. Uh, yeah. How is yeah? So, what do we got? What do we got for news? Uh, news. There is a preview of Iron Man 2020. Um, and this is, this is apparently like a, a line wide thing. So Ironheart is going to be part of it and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you're, if you're curious to see, there's, there's a few pages of art by Christos Gage and I didn't catch who the, inker and colorist were on that because i suck but uh but yeah that's out there i will say i don't like the gears i uh specifically because if as the art depicts them as being thick and going all the way around which means that like how do his arms how do you shoulder how do you shoulder yeah, how, like, he can't, he's constantly got to be like, <laughs> like, arms out and shit. Uh, like, like those I, big dudes who can't wipe their ass. Right. Yeah. And, like, it's fine visually, I'm just saying, I have, I have, the only way that works is if the gear doesn't go all the way around. Right. And this art makes it perfectly explicit that it does and that makes my head hurt right but whatever i want to see ironheart 2020 like what the fuck is that yeah i don't know uh yeah i mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with this whole 2020 thing um by the same token if i'm still around in 2099 i'll be curious to see what they do with that like whatever Oh, uh, hopefully we'll both be very dead by then. <laughs> oh, I can barely handle now. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's gonna get, be- it's gonna get so much better. And by better, I mean way worse. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, so House of X and Powers of X have wrapped up. Uh, spoilers, by the way. Um, the. The issue, okay, so we haven't really, we've talked about this in the lead up to the episode, but we haven't actually talked about it on the show. House of X has done some, some interesting things. Um, number one, we, ba- we find out Moira McTaggart, A, is alive, B, is a mutant, and C has been orchestrating all of this shit. Like, like what are her everything that's again? ever happened. It's like time travel, but not. 
it's it's basically it's basically reincarnating as herself with knowledge of every previous iteration of herself so when she dies she then restarts as a fetus in the year of her birth so it's not like it's not like a shirley mclean situation where she's like different people or whatever she's moira mctaggart born the same year every single time and that but with knowledge of yeah so she's basically living her own life over and over again with knowledge of how yeah okay and so what we find out in the course of powers of x is that she has done this a bunch um and she's tried she's tried everything she can think of to to make things turn out right um she tried to cure mutation uh and that didn't work out and actually she got burned alive by the brotherhood and destiny sat her down and was just like yeah um you only have so many goes at this just a heads up uh if you do this again this is how it's going to result or this is how it's going to play out so don't fucking do it again uh she's tried joining with xavier she's tried joining with magneto she tried joining with apocalypse so on and so forth um and the series skips around be- to various points in the X-Men history, uh, as well as far into the future, um, and shows you the, the real story of how things happened. And so what we find out is that for a period of time after the X-Men were created, uh, Magneto, Xavier, and Moira were working together. All of the X-Men versus Magneto stuff early on was play acting, uh, was just trying to further their ultimate goals. Eventually, there was an ideological split and Magneto went his own way, but now he's back in the fold, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the process, God, there's a whole, like, one of the things that um, Powers of X number six brought up that I feel like hasn't really gotten a ton of attention is that uh, they had this plan regarding they can now resurrect people. Um, because at one point in House of X, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Angel, Husk, M, Marvel Girl... Cyclops, all of them die. Uh, like Wolverine is burned up in the sun along with Nightcrawler and all this shit. Uh, but then working together, a group of mutants, including Tempest, Gold Balls, Elixir, uh, Hope, and a bunch of others. I can't not laugh at Gold Balls. I'm sorry. No, I agree. Um, are able to basically, and are able to create clones and it turns out that the purpose of cerebro is not only to find mutants but also back up their memories uh so that they can just download the person into 
the um, the new clone. The problem, of course, is this raises two big issues. One, uh, who's to say that you are necessarily downloading the person you say you are? Uh, and number two... Yeah, and if Xavier's involved, I don't trust it. Yeah. And two, um, if... If you are backing up people's memories, who's to say that Xavier couldn't, like, if, you know, let's say he does something shitty and this leads to the death of Scott Summers, he couldn't just download an earlier version of Scott that doesn't remember the shitty thing. Like, so yeah, there's all of that. But um, what's what's weird is in the course of Powers of X number six, you get a bunch of entries from Moira who is talking about uh who is talking about how you know their plans for how a group of mutants could affect what they are trying to do with the whole resurrection thing but that also they may need mutants who have the ability to uh affect reality or nudge the way things are into a way or into a path that is more amenable to their plans. And she says specifically that she has a, using her uh, knowledge of genetic modification, she has a list of potential matches for both her and Charles that could result in such a potential mutant, meaning that Legion and, and, uh, and um, Proteus were not accidents and presumably i mean who who if you are trying to give birth to a specific type of mutant who's gonna take one shot and then just wait and see what happens like my guess is they were out there fucking up a storm and there were probably other kids out there that were part of that attempt um (laughs) setting up franchises but the end result of all of this is that um the x-men have set up a new mutant nation on the island of krakoa because the last two times went so swimmingly um and uh the mutants are all just sucking and fucking i mean like honestly there is a party in House of X number five that is the rave scene in <laughs> Matrix. Uh, Reloaded. What was it? Reloaded. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, and like uh, in X-Men number one, there is some, uh, Scott has a Krakoa base on the moon that he lives in with like his entire family, including Vulcan. And interesting fact, Wolverine lives there. And the way it's set up is Scott's room, Wolverine's room, Gene's room in between. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like we have we have moved beyond uh competition and straight into I mean, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> like which hey I mean, I got no problem with that. Like, 
if that's a thing that works for you, cool, man. Like, it just seems like there's so much history that you would need to get past before. I mean, unless this is your way of getting past that history. It doesn't seem healthy, but then again, we're not talking about healthy people. So, all right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it, how it goes in the long term. It is interesting as relaunches go, um, just because, like, I guess my concern is the fact that a lot of what's been done in House of X has been done before, um, not necessarily all the stuff about resurrecting mutants, but enemies coming and living on the island and ostensibly joining up with Xavier and his group. Uh, they did that in Utopia. Um, ostensibly, it was, this is a nation for mutants. We are putting aside past shit. Come and join join us here. Um Though, admittedly, this time around, they've got Apocalypse on board, which is all right. (laughs) Um, Sure. And uh, it was interesting because in the course of the story, Sabretooth is sent on a mission alongside some other people to to collect some item. And in the process, kills some humans. And uh, in House of X number five, there is a council meeting. Is it five or six? Fuck, I don't know. Whatever. Um, There's a council meeting uh, where they are sort of setting the laws for Krakoa. Um, And the, the laws that they determine in the first meeting are go and make more mutants, hence the... It's the the orgy scene. Um, number that was number three. Number two was the land is sacred. Uh, you can have possessions and things like that, but you cannot own the land. The land is sapient, and you will respect it as such. Uh, and number one is no killing humans because they're like you know uh, they're mutants. We can bring back humans. We can't. That is sacrosanct. You do not kill humans. Right. Um, and even though Sabretooth killed the humans before that law into, went into effect, they're just like, we've got to make it clear we're serious about this. So they basically imprison him deep beneath Krakoa. Um, so. That'll go well. I mean, what do you, what do you do? Like, I mean, you can't kill him because you can't, you, like, you can't kill him. Um, I don't know. I mean, you kill him, you can always bring him back at some point, which means that at some point someone could decide to bring him back. And right. you don't want that. Right. Um, and it's not like, it's not like... Sabretooth is not a team player, regardless of what you're trying to accomplish or how much he says he's on board. Sabretooth is and always will be a problem. Um, and so them basically what they say is 
you are going to be imprisoned beneath Krakoa forevermore. And it's just like, all right, well. That's a choice. Yeah. I mean, whatever works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's really hard to say the series on its own is interesting. Um, as to whether or not it's a good thing, I just don't know yet. Well, yeah, it definitely sounds like it's the kind of thing that you're going to have to just let play and see what happens for a minute and see what other people do with it now that it's the state of the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. State of play. Yep. Huh. All right. Well, should we talk about comics? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Speaking of doing things that have been done before, Incredible Hulk number 195. Not this issue specifically, but definitely this run of Hulk. Uh, Yeah, buckle in. We got a lot of Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is written by Len Wein, penciled by Sal Bashima, inked by Joe Statton, colored by Glynis Oliver, and lettered by Joe Rosen. There's a little boy on a train who ran away from an orphanage, and he meets Hulk. And his name is Ricky. So Hulk is immediately like, oh, you were my Hulk's friend named Rick. So we're friends. Yeah. Okay, Hulk. Uh, so they become friends and then like, there's some dudes who, I mean, yeah, these dudes are rough, but also they're kind of just doing their job, Yeah, uh, which is uh, kicking, kicking people off who are not supposed to be on the train. Yeah. I don't know about the lead pipe yeah. necessary, but no, like... I'm, I, that's, that's bad. I'm yeah. not saying it's not, uh, but like yeah they're doing their jobs and uh they make the mistake of going into the uh the car that has hulk and they pay for it um we switch back to abomination and it's just like there's a bomb in your head <laughs> um which is okay so it's really weird like i know that this is just a, like a misconception on somebody's part but like the bomb is ticking bombs that are remote detonated wouldn't tick it would only tick if it was timed right so i know that it's a device that we need it later so like he can hear it ticking in his head and it's kind of driving him nuts it's irritating and we he uses that later which yeah uh they finally find where the hulk is he and ricky went to wonderland which is an alice in wonderland theme park set in somewhere florida Uh, florida it's disney world it's disney world and <laughs> making fun of your future business daddy what are you doing um, uh, what I what I will say is before the Wonderland thing there's a whole bunch of like 
Betty is blaming herself for Glenn being catatonic. If you don't remember, Glenn is catatonic. Um, and, uh, and at this point in time, like, she is, she is blaming herself for what, for what happened to Glenn. Her dad comes in and is just like, you shouldn't blame yourself for what happened. Everything that's happened is my fault. And it's just kind of like, oh my God. Just knock it the fuck off. Guys, but that's when <laughs> we can't have this. It can be everybody's fault. Like, let's not fight for it. I mean, sometimes it's, a, it's not either of their faults. Actually, sometimes shit just happens. Like, yeah, the creation of the Hulk was like, is it Ross's fault specifically? No, uh, it's a consequence of the overall military industrial complex and shit <laughs> and like you know it's like you nobody wanted, you're not the one that wanted the bomb you just wanted to do your job and make the bomb because you were told to make a bomb yeah i, I don't know whatever there's a whole lot of people blaming them sh- themselves for shit and this is one of like Sometimes, you know, you have a situation where somebody's like, this is all my fault, and you, you're just watching them going, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. But there's not a lot of that this week with a lot of this, like, oh, it's all my fault. Well, it, um, it reads to me as, uh, ah, shit, we need another page. Let's yeah. check in on Betty and Glenn, I guess. Yeah. And then we'll have Ross... And then they'll get interrupted by Quartermain, the world's biggest asshole. And yep. And then we'll go f- uh, fight the Hulk. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, Hulk and Ricky um, decide to break into Wonderland. And while they're farting around, Ricky is accosted by the most motivated hat salesman in existence like look i understand you got quotas and shit but this dude this dude is way too committed to his job because he's just like hey you want to buy a hat and ricky's like ah no i don't have any and he's like listen kid you're gonna buy a fucking hat let me tell you what's gonna happen if you don't fucking buy a hat and then he's interrupted by the Hulk, but it's just kind of like, is this is this how you do your job? Because I don't, I don't see that being a a viable opportunity at job security or you anything. You don't do like the that. hard sell when it's hats, like to kids, much less. Like yeah. I can understand, it, you know, going up to a parent and being like, "Look, man." buy a hat i would hate to have to stand here in front of your kids and tell them that the reason they don't get a hat is because you don't love them enough like okay that's shitty <laughs> but it's one thing but this is a kid like what a the who, fuck who, man who, kid with a bindle you need to call child protective services not yeah. hard sell a hat yeah so <coughs> 
so obviously this goes poorly for this yeah. dude. Um, and again, I know, like we've said, it 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 doesn't really bear mentioning anymore. It's kind of like public transit in New York City. Just when you use it, you're taking your life into your own hands. Yeah. Um, but there needs to be like a like a national policing and guards person uh, seminar where they're just like, if you see the Hulk, don't shoot at him. Yeah. Because it's the Hulk. A, it's not going to do anything. And B, it's just going to piss him off. So just like, you know, no one has ever, ever. I would love to see how this goes. Now, at least none in none of my reading, but no cops have ever been like, Oh shit, it's the Hulk. Okay, wait. Alan, uh, just chill down for a second. Hey, Hulk. How are you? <laughs> oh, Hulk is mad because Matt guy fucked with Hulk's friend. Okay, that sucks. I'm sorry. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't literally. Stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, could you, like, could we, could we go over there? Yes. Like just how does that go? I, I like some enterprising rookie is just like, wait a minute, I, I've been thinking about this. If I ever saw the Hulk, here's what I'm gonna do. Like I want to see that. I feel like, at the very least, in our world, <laughs> they have to go on the news and tell people not to shoot at a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, there should be at least that much. <laughs> When it comes to the Hulk, like, if you see the Hulk, do not shoot at him. Do not throw things at him. Just get out of his way. Um, yeah, just leave him alone. Unless, unless you unless you are a peacekeeper and there is a specific, like, he is on his way to crushing someone, then, yeah, I mean, like, do something about that. But again, don't shoot him. Do not shoot him. Get the person out of the way or do whatever you need to do. Uh, but don't shoot him. Uh, so, yeah. If he's about to land in a land on an orphanage. Go ahead. I, I don't know. Anyway. So, he jumps up on top of a Ferris wheel. Uh, and we get on the news. And the news is like, oh, shit, it's the Hulk. He's in Wonderland. And then the abomination shows up. Uh, from, I guess, teleports in. That's the only way he could get there this fast. That quickly, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he was it, in New Mexico. Right. Um, and they fight in several The only thing I can imagine locations. is this was a multi-hour standoff. Yeah, Is the only that's... possible explanation. Like, Hulk was down there just like... Standing on a Ferris wheel yelling for like a couple of hours. <laughs> and that's when the abomination showed up. Um, but yeah, they fight and uh, there's a bunch of like random shit uh, about like two people in a in a uh, like in a 
water type, you know, like a tunnel of love slash it's a small world type ride who are then like surprised when the Hulk and abomination blast through, um, stuff like that. We find out that the device that they put in abomination's head was actually a recording device. And ostensibly the ticking was just to make him think it was a bomb, which abomination is an actual idiot. Um, but during the fight, he Hulk smashes uh, Abomination hard enough that the ticking stops. So mm-hmm. now he's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, I I can do anything I want. The bomb's deactivated, clearly. Yeah. And uh, he ends up getting Hulk to chill out long enough that he can like start tr- being like, we should be friends. The only reason I was here is because I thought I had a bomb in my head. Now, I don't have a bomb in my head anymore, and we should go kick ass together. And Hulk's like, but I have to stay here with Ricky. And at that point, Ricky... Oh my god. Just 2019, Max was terrified. Because Ricky takes the gun off of one of the cop's belts. Which is like a fantastic way to die. Uh, (laughs) Like, don't... Kids at home, do not do this. That's an um, assisted suicide right there. Yeah. That is that is definitely suicide by cop. Uh, uh, he takes the gun off of one of the cop's hips and points it at the abomination. The abomination makes a shockwave right in front of Hulk. So it's like he knows what happened. Anyway, he makes a shockwave. Yeah. Ricky falls but he pulls the trigger as he goes down the the bullet careens off hulk's shoulder and abominations like see even your fucking friends are shooting at you you don't have any friends you got me and hulk's like all right cool and they leave yep and ricky grew up in the system and was never heard from again nah uh incredible hulk Number 196 is uh, lettered by John Costanza. Uh, So everyone's everyone's worried about the whole, uh, oh shit, the Abomination and the Hulk have teamed up. Um, Ross is making Len, who is ostensibly a psychologist... Um, and Quartermain go over and over the fight footage by way of recap from last issue. And he is convinced that he's going to see something in the footage about where they went. Yeah. But of course he's not. Um, Abomination and Hulk head to, uh, Kennedy Space Center. And, uh take it over (laughs) um and uh the abomination uses the broadcasting facilities there to put out a statement saying that uh he wants he wants a hundred million in uncut diamonds or he will destroy the base the the problem that I have with this notion of uncut diamonds and shit 
is uh this is where you have a problem because i have a problem too but tell me about the uncut diamonds problem the problem that i have with uncut diamonds is that uh uncut diamonds are great in theory but first of all you have to find someone to buy them in order to get anything out of them unless he what what's he going to do turn them into anal beads like maybe what what other purpose is there if not money um you have to find someone to buy them and then it's a it's a negotiation if you get a hundred million dollars cash like the only the only benefit i can see from uncut diamonds here is that they're not traceable but you're giant green monsters (laughs) otherwise like the thing about it is how are you going to fence these (laughs) money has a set price at any at any given point if you walk into a place and say i have a hundred million dollars give me a hundred million dollars worth of blank they're not just going to be like mm, no that's actually only six hundred and sixty six thousand dollars no it's yeah. not it's a hundred million dollars no matter where you go like right. what purpose do the uncut diamonds serve anyway so uh my thing was uh, early on in the fight once right when after they a lot right after they arrive at the space center uh one of the guards is like i know i'll go into this i'll duck into this uh warehouse and do come back out to fight them because shooting at him's not working and he bursts through the wall in what he describes as like some kind of goddamn lunar lander yeah a heavy duty moon buggy mm-hmm. with giant fucking claws well, the claws are fine, actually. The claws are fine. It's the wheels. Giant tread on the wheel. This thing is huge. And, yeah, it, it sort of handles them for about 14 seconds before it's destroyed by the Hulk. This is not the way you would traverse the moon. Well, Those things also... are light because every ounce... Like, that's the one of the biggest problems about like space exit. travel yeah well no yeah getting out exit right earth ex- or low earth exit exiting low earth orbit is that for every ounce of craft meaning ev- all of it you have to have so much fuel right right but then adding more fuel adds more poundage or adds right. more weight so you end up with this weird curve so they're not putting this thing in space. Like, they're just not. Well, Especially and, not and in the plus, 70s. Plus, it doesn't even make sense to have that that sort of heavy-duty equipment for a trip to the moon. Yeah, since the moon's got weight a is lower. If, yeah. you were, if you were going to some place, like, if it were possible to land on Jupiter, uh, then sure, because... <coughs> Shit's going to be way heavier, but yeah. like, yeah, there are, there are a lot of problems with that thing. But, uh, so anyway, so the abomination is like running roughshod over the base while they wait for word. 
Um, he is like ordering people around and demanding food and Hulk is just like, whatever, Hulk not give a shit. And, uh, but ultimately like they decide, Ross decide and crew decide to have Betty try to reach out to Hulk, uh, which really is the smartest move here. Um, Got to give him, got to give him credit for that because it they, is a good move. They have Betty broadcast something, basically saying like, "Stop this, please stop." Um, Abomination is just like, "No, don't listen to her," uh, and smashes the screens with the message. At which point, the Hulk is just like, uh, "What the fuck?" and. Uh, why would you want me to see that? Because he doesn't, he doesn't twig immediately, like to he, who she is. He, yeah, he struggles to remember who she is, but finally he does, and uh, he gets pissed off because the abomination refers to her as a puny human, another puny human, and right. so Hulk goes ape shit and proceeds to uh, start wailing on him. Um, they fight and then abomination is just like fuck this and runs and gets aboard a shuttle which he launches uh hulk grabs hold and proceeds to bash his way inside um and uh hulk is knocked loose and falls to earth but the rocket explodes um And everybody assumes that Hulk is dead because apparently they've never read Hulk. Uh, and Betty's very sad. Um, Incredible Hulk number 197 is... Uh, we got a bunch of random appearances of Man-Thing this week. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate it. I'm just saying, like... Yeah. I don't hate Man-Thing. I hate some of these man thing appearances yeah no i i'm with you uh so he winds up in the everglades crashes to earth uh and is the fires are extinguished by the uh the wet muck um he he's attacked by various wildlife because apparently the swamp the swamp man thing lives in is like uh, Australia in that everything wants you dead. Um, so yeah. Um, the, he wanders along and finds the, the ruins of Omegaville, the, um, ultra environmentalist compound designed to show what humanity can do if they actually start to give a shit. Uh, Hulk is exhausted. So he falls asleep and reverts into reverts back to Bruce Banner because of course, uh, somebody's watching him and we don't know who yet. Um, we switch over to Hulk Buster base and, uh, Doc Samson is talking to Betty Talbot. They're talking about like Glenn and Hulk dying and all of this shit. Uh, and Len Betty, even, Len even says he's he's survived a reentry before. 
Yeah. Like, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Uh, but Betty, Betty is just like, I feel so alone. And Len's like, as long as I'm alive, you will never be alone. And kisses her. And the whole thing is being watched by Quartermain. Um, Banner wakes up and, you know, takes stock of his surroundings. Um, and again, I mean, just like we were talking about last week, I still love that he's just like, okay, well... I wonder where I am. Hey, Omegaville. This is neat. <laughs> like, yeah. He doesn't... None, none, no more of that, like, oh my god, where am I? Uh, how long has it been? He's just, like, rolling with it now. Yeah. And I love that. It's just, it's just so much what a person would do. Like, you just make that normal. So, yeah. it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I I think we've... Uh, compared it to like being a blackout drunk and I'm sure much like that much like with this you know the first few times it's terrifying but after a while it just becomes like okay stop take stop take stock and figure out where you are and then how you're gonna get home like uh, first are you wearing pants Hey, it's a good day. I'm wearing uh, pants. Yeah. Um, ta-da. Uh, the, so this dude's been watching him. When Banner comes to, the guy flees. Banner chases him down and is just like, no, friend. Banner, friend, it's okay. And the guy's like, okay. Like, he doesn't say anything, but he he accepts that Banner is not a threat. Um Shortly thereafter, they are attacked by a group of pirates because this is the Swamp Man thing lives in and this sort of thing just kind of happens. Honestly, uh, yeah. Like, they're attacked by pirates. Well, this 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 is that stretch of the Everglades, so yeah. And, yeah, like, usually... This is not the weirdest thing. Usually... Like, we're, we're, this is the dead clown ghost <laughs> swamp. Like, <laughs> like... Generally speaking, if this happened in another location, the editors would have to be like, don't worry, it'll make sense soon. They don't even bother here because it's like, it's Man-Thing Swamp. Weird shit happens. You just go with it and wait and see where it's going. Um, I mean, yeah, there's not, like you say, there's not even a narration box that's that's like, uh, if you've been reading Man-Thing, if you've read any Man-Thing, you know this is not out of the ordinary. And... No, it's just like, they just assume yeah. that you know that we're in Man-Thing Swamp pirates. Yeah. So, uh, I actually thought it was the, uh, I was like, wait a minute, was that pirates or conquistadors? No, it was conquistadors. Like, the the holdovers from Cortez? Yeah, but there was also that pirate story that Man-Thing was involved in, too. So... <laughs> Fuck, who knows? But yeah, they they literally, like, there is no attempt to even be, like, confused. You won't be, like, you know, no. or anything like that. It's just like, Hulk is attacked by pirates because Man-Thing's swamp. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Banner and the, the blonde guy come under attack. Banner, of course, changes into the Hulk. We we get a little bit of like you really don't want to do this, and they're like, "Shut up, scrawny asshole!" And like 
they pile onto him and then of course he turns into the hulk um but then the collector shows up um Turns out he's behind the pirates, uh, and we still don't even get an explanation as far as that goes. Um, not not this issue, sort no. of next uh, issue. But like Hulk, he shows up and he's got Man Thing in tow, yeah. so like somehow he's already got control over Man Thing. Yep. Or he just figured out Man Thing's whole deal and was like, "I bet if I just control my emotions correctly, I can manipulate Man Thing into doing what I want." And it's yeah. like. Holy shit, you need to tell... You are... Re- the the biggest asshole move you're pulling this issue is by keeping that information to yourself. Yeah. Like, that's that's the real villainy collector. Yeah. So, uh, Man-Thing and Hulk fight while that's happening. Collector uses the Philosopher's Stone to turn the random mute blonde guy back into what he actually is, which is the glob. Um, it's like, do you remember man thing a while ago where the golden brain turn made itself a body out of clay? Yeah. So and everyone goes, what? No, man thing is fucked up, man. Yeah. Uh but they they managed to uh incapacitate the Hulk by basically deprive <laughs> Man thing shoves the Hulk into himself uh and he passes out. Um at which point they load him up and take him back to base. Uh What's frustrating about this is when the Hulk is concussed, so lack of oxygen does not cause him to revert to Bruce Banner, but getting gassed does. So does going to sleep. Like the, the manners, the manner and mechanism of the change is really inconsistent. But anyway, Hulk 198, uh, they take Banner aboard the ship um, and they put him in an exhibit with Glob and uh, Man-Thing. All of them are... They put discs around each of their ankles that keeps them uh, from escaping. Um, And then... Yeah. The cap oh, the pirates it turns out That's are, the start of the next issue. Yeah, I continued on to Incredible Hulk number one ninety eight. I wasn't paying attention. There's no change in the creative team. Okay. Sorry. I'm here. Okay. I'm awake. So they're put in a they're put in a a uh display. Um and the pirates are, it turns out, were on a ship in a bottle that the collector has had for like 300 years. And he shrinks them back down and tosses them back in there. And he's just like, ah, I'm the worst. Uh, <laughs> but it's at this point that Hulk reverts back to Banner. Um, and uh, we we discover that the shackle that they have 
it's like it were it it's basically like an invisible fence except that instead of pain it just literally will not let you move past a certain point physically um but banner since it was put around the hulk's ankle he's able to just pop it right off um and starts looking around he is um as he's making his way through he encounters like Shahrazad and a bunch of different captive exhibits all of whom are just like please help us let help us get free or kill us do something um and uh he's like yeah okay but what i don't get is so he then runs into the collector and the collector knows hulk's deal so why put a shackle on him yeah like if you knew this was the only the only thing i can imagine as far as this goes is he was expecting him to revert to banner at some point and if banner got loose no big deal they could talk but if it was the hulk at least he'd be contained i guess but still even then like i don't know but anyway the collector basically offers him the opportunity to join him and he's just like i'd like to have someone to talk to uh you know and i can help cure you of the hulk all i need is for you to join me and help me curate my collection um we switch back to uh ross at all um and Ross is like, well, you know, with uh, with the Hulk gone, this is no longer Hulkbuster base. It's Gamma base. And so we're going to find and cure all of the people who have been affected by gamma radiation. Um, and, oh, by the way, Quartermain, you've been appointed S.H.I.E.L.D. liaison, blah, blah, blah. Um, Clay looks out the window and Doc Samson and Betty are on a walk and he's just like, awesome, whatever, meh. Um, like, are there, are there no other women in these people's worlds? Like, I don't really know what to make of the quarter main thing because there's not really been enough of an indication to, there's not really been enough there to suggest that he's straight up into Betty. I don't right. know what the deal is here, whether it's just like thinking Samson's a piece of shit for pursuing the wife of a man who is catatonic and that they're trying to cure or if he's into Betty or what we just know he is aware of this situation and not happy about it. But the why has yet to really be addressed. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I, yeah, I guess the reason why I'm asking is like, am I not? Did I miss something? Because. No. It's not like Quartermain's ever been like, I was. He was super buddy buddy with uh, Glenn either. 
Like, he literally just appears sometimes, is in the story when necessary, and then is like, back to S.H.I.E.L.D., and then he goes. Like, mm-hmm. this is so... There is okay. no explanation that I know of. I'm not missing something. Good. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I like Banner... The, sorry. The collect- I like that the Collector is an idiot. And that he puts these shackles on both the Glob and Man-Thing and knowing full well what their whole deal is. Mm-hmm. And Man-Thing starts twigging on emotions somewhere out th- in the rest of the ship. And he just starts moving toward it because that's what he does. And the shackle just goes straight through his ankle because, mm-hmm. duh. Glob looks at it and look, goes, oh yeah, I got that. <laughs> And just pulls his shackle through his own leg as well. And trundles off after Man-Thing. So now all three of our large monsters are loose. Yeah. Uh, Banner basically says... Hooray, I'll stay with you. Or I guess he kind of says he'll do it. Yeah, he's He agrees initially. uh, Which... How how much Banner, again, how much Banner is willing to do to get rid of the Hulk is malleable as well. Uh, because sometimes it's like nothing is worth getting rid of the Hulk if it hurts someone else. And then other times it's just like, yeah, sure. All right. I'll make a deal with the devil to uh to get what i want and it's just like come on bruce but yeah so in once the alarms go off and announce that uh that the glob and man thing are loose collector starts talking about his other exhibits and banner's like oh my god how could i have even considered joining you which yeah, Bruce, but, uh, so it's at this point, um, the collector, the collector's just like my bodyguard, Akbar, um, who was the bodyguard for Kublai Khan. Yep. Uh, do we know, was he a good body? How did Kublai Khan die? <laughs> like, uh-huh. I guess the question is. How do we know he was a very good bodyguard? Um, but of course, Banner transforms into the Hulk, and Akbar's just like, "What? This is bullshit!" And uh, but is easily defeated. The Hulk then goes after the Collector. The Collector is just like, "Look, I have a serum here that could change you back into Bruce Banner personally or permanently." And uh, the the Hulk is just like. Why the fuck would I want that? I hate Bruce Banner more than anything else. Why would I want to be him? And right. uh, so the collector love that's actually it's overplayed sometimes, but it's still fun every time someone like people just do not know like this this very basic thing about the Hulk that if you're gonna he fucking hates Banner, so this yeah. is not the kind of deal you try to strike with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and especially the collector knowing who the Hulk is 
and knowing his deal should know that but whatever um the collector slams down a force field and is just like i'll deal with you later i've got to go deal with glob and man thing but what he forgot and what everybody i constantly forgets is the matter he gets the stronger he gets so of course hulk breaks out so he arrives there's a battle going on between the various forces that are willing to work for the collector versus all of his other uh exhibits who are now free because the machinery was smashed um the collector tries to escape uh and uh hulk is going to go after them after him but shahrazad is just like no please help us get out of here and he's like oh, okay um the collector uh gets back to his control room and he's like it's no big deal i can i can fix this but then the glob finds him um and we get a whole thing about like the glob being dimly aware of what's been taken from it and so on and so forth and so he seemingly kills the collector of course he didn't but you know it's only with my massive future brain uh that i know that um so everybody gets outside and they're all just like we're free there's a whole new world out there for us but then they all start aging and turn to dust because fuck you for trying to be free uh (laughs) but the but shahrazad is like no no it's okay um you know we we wanted freedom whether that was to get free or die like we were perfectly prepared for both so this isn't this isn't a bad thing we're not in that jail anymore um and hulk is just like hulk really confused as to what's happening and man thing doesn't say anything because he's fucking man thing and just trudges back into the swamp uh, <laughs> well like they don't do it very good justice but he man thing would be there would be a lot of emotions going on right now first yeah. like terror and then resent maybe resign and then like peace and all that from these people and then hulk just being like frustrated and confused and when all it's over he's just like well that was an experience i am man thing bye so (laughs) it makes sense Uh, yeah yep so uh let's take a break and we will excuse me we will continue in a moment with some more hulk So I'm not like, ah, hammer, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm being really careful with it. I will say, uh, the robe I got is fucking amazing. Right. It is the softest goddamn thing I've ever worn. And it was like twenty one ninety nine. That's not bad. Yeah. So fuck like, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, 
We're back. On. Now that we're done talking about how that robe feels on my on my undercarriage. Why uh, are you wearing it that way? <laughs> That's not how you wear a robe. Well, I'm talking about when I sit down. Oh. Like, I'm not going to wear it fully clothed outside the context of my costume. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Incredible Hulk, number 199, is uh, lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe. Uh, Hulk is wandering around Citrusville. And I'm kind of, I'm trying to remember, there was an early issue of Deadpool where Hulk was camped out in uh, in Florida and Deadpool goes down there to fight him to collect some of his blood because whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I'm wondering if that was like reference to this. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the uh, <clears throat> so he's hanging around in Citrusville, um, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, the Hulk is alive!" And uh, oh shit, the, the Hulk. Yeah, and uh, so they. Quartermain calls up uh, Nick Fury and is like, "Hey, uh, we we got problems down in uh, down in Florida with the Hulk." And Fury is just like, "Why the fuck are you calling me? I oh, apparently it was Duck Key, Florida that that was." that that took place whatever uh but fury is like why the fuck are you calling me i put you there so that i wouldn't have to deal with this shit leave me the fuck alone and Quartermain's like no 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 don't hang up this is we got a big operation we need to do and i need some help from shield um again why he has to call fury i yeah i I don't know. know why he needs to do this appropriation with fury he could just uh, just expense it right yeah um but whatever so this results in a uh the hulkbuster group heads to florida samson jumps out of the plane and attacks the hulk and while he's doing that they have these weird tentacly things that grab the Hulk and proceed to start pumping anesthetic into him through his skin. Uh, But it doesn't do it quickly enough or strongly enough, so he breaks loose and lands in the swamp again. Um, We get a brief aside about Betty, like, you know, talking to Glenn as he stares off into space and just being like, you know, what a... uh, this entire situation is so fucked up. Uh, you know, I made out with uh, Len. Yeah. Uh, and uh, whatever. And she's just like, I hope you can forgive me. Um, but whatever. He's catatonic. Do we? I don't even know if 
we we have yet to find out if he even like recalls any of that um so they they keep sending different shit at hulk and he's just smashing everything uh quarter may narrowly avoids getting murdered by the hulk um so doc samson gets back in the middle of things grapples with the hulk and gets hold of him and tells them to fire um or he he's grappling with the hulk and one of these riflemen is like getting ready to fire a canister of gas at the hulk uh and quartermain's like no don't do it samson's in the line of fire and uh and uh samson's like no do it like we're not going to get another shot at this um fire away so they do and it manages to take down the hulk and Samson is affected as well and survives something that apparently they weren't sure <laughs> would happen. And so Quartermain is impressed with Samson um, being willing to sacrifice himself, potentially sacrifice himself to bring down the Hulk and uh, bring him back to base so that he can cure Glenn. Yep. Number 200. Uh, there's, there's a lot here. Uh, but it's Moza, it's pretty, it's really pretty straightforward. Um, they take, they take Banner back to base. They put an encephalo helmet on him that was designed by Doc Samson, which allows Bruce to be in control while in the body of the Hulk. They shrink him down to go into and send him into Glenn's brain to remove whatever blockage is causing him to be catatonic. Because if you are catatonic, it's because something is lodged in your brain and nothing else. Something physically Um, wrong with your brain that only a very small Hulk can get rid of. Right. And in this case, what it is... Uh, Hulk has to fight his way through various manifestations and eventually uh, in the process the encephalo helmet is damaged and he eventually just rips it off. Uh, but yeah, they there are various manifestations of like Silver Surfer, Rhino, Juggernaut, Abomination, Modoc, Doc Samson, Sandman, Mandarin... Iron Man, Submariner, Leader, Hulk, or Herc, Hercules, uh, Hercules, the Missing Link. I think uh, are these things that he brought with himself? Brought with him. So, it is the manifestations are this shit playing off of him. Okay, sure. Uh, but the um, yeah, but yeah, the reason Modoc... for them appearing are has to do with the actual thing. Yeah, um, the harpy he, uh, and then the, the harpy last and gremlin. One is, uh, um... Gremlin, gremlin. Yeah. Uh, but then he comes across this weird lumpy creature thing, um, because again, 
all psychological problems are down to weird creatures put in your brain by a Russian agent, not because they literally ripped your mind out of your head. <laughs> ripped your mind out of your head, flushed it a couple of times, and then stuck it back in. Yeah. Clumsily so, stuck it back in. Uh, yeah. So Hulk fights this thing, which is, it is a horror show. This is the one of the first, like, one of the few monsters I've seen in comics where I've just like, God. Uh, yeah, like they do a good job of making this thing terrifying. Um, yeah, but he, you know, beats the ever living crap out of it because Hulk is the strongest one there is. And Glenn wakes up. Holy shit! It worked and for like a second. Like he yeah, sits he up, screams, out. and then passes out. But that's um, that's fine. Uh, it's more life than he's shown in months. <laughs> so. But it's even if even if he's that's him dying, that's still like something, I guess. Um, uh, so, but he fell underneath the back underneath the microtron, and or was that what it's called? I don't yeah, know. micro cannon <laughs> and something fucking Hank Pym made, and Hulk gets blasted by the micro cannon some more, and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and. Oh no, he's gone. But that's better than having the Hulk in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, Glenn wakes up. Yeah, Glenn and Betty are reunited. Um, Hulk proceeds to shrink between worlds again. And yeah. Um, but... <clears throat> The the next issue, uh, Incredible Hulk number 201, is lettered by John Costanza. And uh, uh, this issue, what it amounts to is, this issue is Hulk versus Conan. Yeah, Uh, they try. King Conan is a bit of a despot and his people hate him. And so Hulk, uh, Hulk is brought ostensibly brought there to fight on their behalf. And he's like, yeah, no. And they're like, well, if you're not strong enough. And he's like, Hulk's strongest one there is. And so, of course, he, he deposes, uh, God, what was his name? Kronak. Yeah. yeah. But it's Conan. It's like, Conan. Yeah. Whatever. It's Conan um, the asshole. Um, but, yeah, he, he beats him up. And, I do uh, like the, that they trick each other at the very beginning. Because, like, it starts out with this wizard or wise man in a, uh, uh, in a cave with the rest of his refugees people. And he's like, he's been trying to summon something for hours. And then the Hulk pops in and he's like, holy shit, God sent you. Our version of God sent you. For us to help us save, save us from Cronac uh, and Hulk's like, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. I've been trying. And he's like, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> that, that not how this works. <laughs> that's not that's not what happened here. I Hulk know what where Hulk come from. You did not <laughs> bring Hulk here. Um, yeah. Okay. But now yep. let us trick you <laughs> into fighting for us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, in the end, what winds up happening uh, is that he defeats Kronak. There, Kronak has this jewel that he took from the previous king that he uses to summon a smoke monster. But, of course, Hulk defeats it. And in the process, like, the ruby is smashed. And the people storm the castle and are, like, calling for Kronak in order to, like, like in a Kronak bad kind of way. <laughs> but, like, Hulk's like, oh, I guess they want him. So he throws Kronak to them. And they proceed to rip him apart. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then Hulk starts to shrink again. Because that's how these things go. He shrinks through world after world after world. Um, Incredible Hulk number 202, though, is what we're really trying to get to. Um, Yeah, I like this story. Which is... uh, Hulk finds himself back in the microverse. He's attacked by some Warthos, and uh, it's then that he realizes... Uh, he's back and got to find Jarella. So he makes a, he heads off to go and find her. Uh, Glenn is alive and well. Um, but they're like, but the Hulk is still in your brain meets. Now the, the thing about it is it turns out they needn't have worried because, the micro the microverse does not actually exist within <laughs> inside Glenn Talbot's brain. <laughs> atoms. Well, within any atom. Uh it is it is simply it's a different dimension that you reach by shrinking. Yes. So yeah, there's just a dimensional membrane that you can shrink your way through. Fine. It does not actually exist in Glenn's brain meat. But whatever. So they're like, oh shit, we gotta get him out of there. So he has to go back under the knife to remove a little piece of brain lest Hulk burst out of his head. Uh, but we switch back to Hulk who's come across... Jarella is getting ready to be launched from a catapult to be sacrificed... Uh, like, which of uh, um, the manners of sacrifice that I could come up with launched from catapult against mountainside are like oh. that's pretty fucking metal. Yeah, like that's elaborate and metal as fuck. Like yeah, yeah, that's like something that's like that would that would honestly like I half expect Death Clock to be standing off to the side and it's just like. That's fucking brutal, man. <laughs> like, you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, like, I wouldn't mind going out this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Hulk, you know, jumps into the middle of things because he's angry that they're uh, threatening Jarella. And uh, so he starts smacking shit around. And Jarella's like, no, stop. Um,. And, uh, but then there's an earthquake and Hulk is like, how Hulk caused earthquake. And she's like, no, it's not you. That's why they're sacrificing me is because they think that by doing so they'll appease, 
Delapiz, the mountain god, uh, who's been causing all of these quakes. And Hulk's like, uh huh. <laughs> Hulk, Hulk follow. Um. So, I really like that they actually. So on the way out last time when he was growing, he kicked their planet. And yeah. we made we made a lot of hay at the time because it was like, oh, they're all dead now. <laughs> like, yeah. And they actually remembered it and like brought it up. That's that's really rad. I would have thought we would have come back here and just, you know, had our adventure or whatever and like just not yeah. acknowledged it. But he was like so okay, so remember on your way out when you accidentally kicked the planet and Hulk's like, no. Um, <laughs> and she's like, well, okay, so it kind of put our axis a little off kilter and that's why we think we're actually having the earthquakes. But uh, no, some people think it's the sky god. Or wait, is that way later? Well, it's the the bit about the the kick being what caused the earthquakes initially comes later when the yeah. the mastermind behind all of this is revealed uh the upshot is <clears throat> uh hulk proceeds to have, one thing that's pretty cool is he basically he digs his feet in on one side of this fisher and grabs the other side yeah. with both hands and then proceeds to just basically pull it back together mm-hmm. um but uh they they have their reunion at which point the hulk is just like yeah me gonna go kill whole mountain god <laughs> and uh Jarrell is like well i have to i have to come with you these are my people and he he's like whatever <laughs> and uh so they make their way there's a bit of there's a bit of the standard sort of oh no she's gonna fall hulk catches her she rides up on his back blah 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 um but they get they get to the quote-unquote castle of the mountain god uh which really like they call it a castle and hulk's just like it looked like like fucking big rock with windows rock with windows like and i'm right there with you hulk that's not a castle that's just a rock with a door that's that's um, a keep at best I, man i'd I be hard pressed to call it that like yeah. there's no walls with a door. there's like there's nothing it's just literally a door in the side of a whatever anyway so they go inside and it's, it's an very advanced cave <laughs> <laughs> right Right. They go inside and everything's giant size. And then the mountain God comes in and he's like, I'm the mountain God. I'm going to kill you, whatever. But Hulk being Hulk smashes mountain. I will grind your bones to make my bread. Yeah. Which should have been an indication that like this whole thing is bullshit. But, uh, Hulk just fucking wrecks the mountain God. And it turns out it's a robot. Um, they enter the, they enter the next room, uh, and there they are attacked. Hulk is attacked and it turns out that it's Cyclop behind all of it. Woohoo. Don't you remember Um, Cyclop? 
I mean, literally, it's just like, this dude was here the last time we did this shit, and that's really about it, yeah. but whatever. So, Incredible Hulk number 203, in the course of all of this, you know, he he locks up Hulk in this thing, um, and uh, is, uh, he explains somewhat that... Uh, well, so Hulk actually breaks out the minute he uh, threatens Jarella in any way, shape, or form. But then he is able to uh, use his hypnosis to take control of the Hulk. And, uh, yeah. So Jarella's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and he proceeds to explain the whole thing about how um, the last time he was going to make an offering to his dark gods and then they were upset with him about his failure but then it turned out that uh they had just banished him to this world <laughs> which great job guys um but he uh he once he was there hulk then did the growing and kicking thing which set off a series of earthquakes. Cyclops then proceeded to make build this thing that allowed him to continue the earthquakes. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this somehow equates to he's collecting souls to make an offering to his dark god. Uh, but then there's a bunch of sorcerers who are watching all of this and they're just like, this is fucking, but we, we got to kill this guy. And so, yeah. Um, so they, back on they, earth, they build an army. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. They, they agree. They agree to, they agree that like they need to deal with this dude. Yeah. So, uh, back on earth, they, they have, uh, they have the, the brain meat that they have cut out of Glenn's living brain. Um, on a, on a, uh, microscope slide and, uh, then they're just going to work on finding a way to bring Hulk back. Why they're going to do this, I don't know, uh, because like, it seems like they've kind of solved all of their problems at once, but whatever guys, um, so all of the Cyclops reveals that all of the people who have died during the earthquakes, their souls are being collected by this urn. Uh, these alarms go off, at which point Cyclops sends the Hulk out to fight the army by implanting a, a hypnotic suggestion that the army attacking is an army of Cyclops. Cyclopsi. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so the Hulk attacks and he is just shredding this army. The sorcerers get together and proceed to reverse the post hypnotic suggestion, not by removing it, but by convincing him that all of the people he's splattering are actually Jarella. Um, at which point Cyclops comes out and he's just like, Yes, things are going very well. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> and uh, so Hulk 
Uh, Hulk comes after him. Cyclops retreats back inside. Um, and he's trying to figure out what to do. It turns out that the urn he's been collecting all of these souls in cracked during the fight. Um, and he tries to seal it up so that nothing else will get out, but then it explodes and kills him. Um, everybody's real. Yeah. Everybody's really happy. Um, and Jarell is like, so you want to get married? And Hulk's like, hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you're a hot green lady. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then that's when Samson and the rest proceed to it, regrow their Hulk. And, uh, they bring Jarella comes with her, comes with him. Uh, they're like, holy shit, what's going on? Um, and Jarella's like, it's fine. This is where you belong, uh, for the time being. The fact is you are still a, a controversial figure among my people. So let me go back, rebuild things. And then maybe you can come back when that's done. And they're just like, there's just one small problem with that. Uh, and it turns out when you regrow the Hulk from a microscopic slide, he then proceeds to smash the slide under his big dumb feet. Yep. Um, so they have no way to send her home. Incredible Hulk number 204 is uh, written by Herb Trimpey and Len Wein, penciled by Herb Trimpey and lettered by John Costanza. Uh, Jarella is put into quarantine um, and the Hulk is fucking pissed and just wants her to be given back. They they are trying to like they're trying to contain the Hulk and just be like, no, 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 no. It's OK. We're not holding her hostage. We're just trying to make sure she's safe here. <clears throat> but they wind up knocking him out with some gas. Um, so then uh, we're introduced. We, we meet this dude, Kerwin Cronus, uh, who has figured out a way to, um, to, Undo the Hulk completely. Carmen um, Cronus. Time travel villain. Like, it should say that on his business card. Yeah. Well, yeah. Except this was... Cronus turning out to be a villain was a dream of all fucking things. But whatever. Uh, so... Cronus is like, I can send you back and undo what was done. The problem with that is, yeah, the Hulk sucks, but if you undo him, a lot of things are way worse. <laughs> like, Yeah, like so much changes Yeah, in the timeline where there's no Hulk. Like there's just a lot of, a lot of differences there, and you would think that the time travel dude would be aware of that, but he's just like, no, this solves all the problems. It's like all the problems forever. <laughs> all right. Um, but Bruce is like, I can't really just get rid of the Hulk without at least consulting the one person who does love him. And yeah. 
he goes and talks to Jarella, who Jarella's awesome because she's like, I just love this vessel, this person, whether you're the Hulk, whether you're Banner, whoever. I, I'm in love with you. And maybe that isn't actually the healthiest thing, but it's. Well, I mean. The intent of it is. is it nice. is. She's in love with the soul. Yeah. Not what he looks like. Right. Yeah. Hulk's dick is bigger, <laughs> but <laughs> no, uh, but no, the, uh, she is, she's like, look, I love you. Whether you're Bruce Banner, whether you're the Hulk, I love you and I will love you no matter what. Uh, so, so do they, whatever you gotta do. And he's yeah. like, I really don't, I'm really, really tired of becoming the Hulk and destroying yeah. everything around me. So, uh, he is, he is sent back, um, and he's sent back to when he first tested the gamma bomb and, uh, he's given his chance. He spots Rick Jones, goes after him, um, gets behind a barrier and is and yells like, come over here. The bomb's about to go off. Rick Jones goes and tries to vault over the wall, but he winds up getting killed. Um, uh, and so uh, he is brought back to the present day, uh, at which point, you know, Things are radically different. Uh, he is married to Betty Ross. Jarella is apparently gone. Uh, everything is ostensibly better. But uh, he cannot get over the fact that Rick had to die. Um, yeah. And so he's put into the hospital. Um. So he, uh, while in the hospital, he's attacked by Cronus, uh, who's now wearing a suit of armor and all this shit. Um, they have a battle wherein like Cronus is jumping around through time and, uh, encasing Hulk in ice by moving the patch he's standing in into the ice age and so on and so forth. Um, but Hulk wins and proceeds to just start beating on Cronus. Um, however, he reverts back to Bruce Banner. Um, and Oh no, Cronus is now Rick Jones. Banner wakes up and realizes that all this stuff with Cronus attacking was a dream, but he's like, you know, even my seeming happiness cannot come at the expense of Rick Jones' life. So he travels back in time um, and allows things to proceed as they did because apparently those were the only two options. Um, and uh, he comes back and they're just like, Holy shit, what, what, 
what did you do? And he's like, well, I'm still the Hulk, but I can live with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not, not a bad story. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, in as much as like, you know, it's kind of a twilight zone sort of, uh, be careful what you wish for type story. Um, the, the Cronus battle is kind of fucking whatever, but the the bits about you know him getting what he wants at the expense of a teenage boy's life and all of that are interesting <clears throat> so uh yeah iron man annual number 3 is written by Steve Gerber, penciled by Sal Bashima, inked by Jack Abel, color, colored, not colored, by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe. This issue's kind of all over the place. Um, the all upshot... The are, though. Like... <laughs> well, yeah, but this one especially... Um, the the you have a bunch of kids in the swamp playing superheroes one of them is the kid who in marvel 2 and 1 was given molecule, molecule man's non-functioning wand and so he's playing molecule man and his two friends are playing um superheroes his friend Cynthia playing um, Iron Girl and uh, their playing is interrupted by uh, shit I had that kind of turned around their playing is interrupted by um because the wand goes flying off into the swamp, Cynthia goes after it. Um, but picks then it, picks is it up attacked. and attacked by an alligator. Uh, Man thing comes out of the swamp and saves, stops the alligator. Um, and then, but Cynthia runs the wrong way um, and ends up getting trapped in some quicksand before. Uh, or some kind of quick mire into yeah. uh, and pulled down before Man Thing can reach her. Uh, she disappeared so quickly. I think it's just a deep, sudden pool. Okay. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. And um, the kids ride off, and they tell their parents, and then search party for a couple of weeks, and no find her funeral yada 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 tony's Um, in town to rebuild omegaville yes um i didn't yeah i really didn't think we were gonna get dead child again so soon but they went for it uh the townsfolk don't really okay so he's 
flying over Citrusville uh, as Iron Man when out of nowhere a bunch of giant spiky metal balls uh, uh, come out and just apparate and uh, they he's trying to dodge them when all the spikes shoot off the sides of the balls and start chasing him um, he's able to basically bank harder than they can and they the spikes go flying into the dirt he takes off back upstairs to uh, see what's going on with the metal balls but they've turned into giant smiley faces balloons and are popping and he's like well this is fucking weird so he goes down to the street where the townsfolk are like fuck they're like we can you go away like we like our little town with its no super villain bullshit and like you guys just attract bullshit so please cut it out um while he's in the middle of uh re-educating one of the people who'd thrown a tomato in his face uh the asphalt erupts like a geyser right below them uh they both go flying into the air the he saves himself because he's Iron Man, and, but he's not fast enough to save the other dude who just splat. Yeah. Uh, doctor on hand, and he was like, "Hmm, well, this this young man's got a serious case of the skull open. You shouldn't have that." <laughs> um, <laughs> see, see this bit right here. That's supposed to be inside. Yes. The fact that it's outside is bad. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he's gonna walk this one off, <laughs> um, or walk. The <laughs> so Tony's like, "Well, shit, bye." Like, oops. I mean, I'm... Yeah. So <clears throat> Tony's having a meeting with the two guys who are running Omegaville, or it was Omegaville was their dream, and. He's like, who, who can I talk to who knows the, about the weird shit that happens in this town? And they're like, well, he's in prison now, but I know a guy. And that guy is Richard Rory. Happy to be in prison. He actually Hooray. seems like... This seems... He's like, okay, so, yeah, I mean, it was technically kidnapping, but... She kind of tricked me into it, and she lorded that over me. But you know what? Honestly, prison's been great. I uh, three squares a day, and I never hurt anybody on accident. So it's it's pretty it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. <laughs> um, but he ends up telling uh, Tony just all the man thing shit that Tony doesn't know about, including. The story with Thing and, or with the Thing and Molecule Man, and Tony's like, "Hmm, that seems about right." All right, I'm gonna go call the Avengers and have them patch me into the Fantastic Four. Yeah, but while he's talk, some other weeks go by, uh, and Cynthia raises herself from the swamp. And she's she's all molecule banned now. Yeah, 
yeah, and she's, I don't know. It's weird because, like, she, Molecule, so there's this whole dual personality thing going on because Cynthia's been kind of driven crazy by what happened to her, and that's how uh, Molecule Man is able to sort of overpower her psyche in the first place. But he he kind of provides the animus, but she directs it toward her family. And uh, he's not able to fully fend that bit off. And he tries to change her body to suit what he wants and make himself himself again. But he's unable to affect it any more than, like, make her a bit older, basically. Like, she, in in the later bits when she shows up, she seems to be a full-size adult. Right. Um, but so she goes after her mom. Tony, meanwhile, is contacting uh, the Fantastic Four, trying to reach... He contacts Avengers Mansion, asks to be patched through to the Fantastic Four. You'd think Tony and Reed are enough of colleagues that he could probably get through to the Fantastic Four directly, but whatever. So he contacts the Fantastic Four to try to ask Ben about the whole Molecule Man thing. Ben's not around. No sooner does this happen than his his uh, limo runs into Man Thing. There's a bit of him trying to like fight Man Thing, but the the normal issues apply. Like his blasts go through right through him, and so on. So he uses a capsule to freeze Man Thing. And then proceeds to take him and dump him out in the middle of the swamp again. Cynthia, meanwhile, has changed her home into a weird, uh, like, Wizard of Oz palace. Um, and, uh, she, uh, Cynthia is, like, raging at her mom. About how, like, you know, nothing she ever did was good enough. Um, but whatever, fuck you. I'm in charge now. And she turns the mom into a voodoo doll. It's then that we kind of get a bit of... Um, she and Molecule Man vying for supremacy in this body. So, uh, they're vying for supremacy. And uh, that's when Iron Man bursts in. And, uh, it's, it's kind of, Molecule Man tries to kill Iron Man, but he is stymied somewhat by Cynthia, who still views Iron Man as her hero. Um, and so they, they leave. Um, it's at this point that 
Iron Man comes back to the limo, picks up the still frozen but thawing somewhat uh, man thing and drops him back into the swamp. Uh, A few weeks pass. They are restoring Omegaville to its former glory. Uh, And there's a reporter asking Tony Stark if he thinks the project is uh is jinxed and he's like <laughs> no but then the skeleton of was it yamzan i don't know the the skeleton that's just been part of the decor at omegaville since the whole golden brain uh glob incident uh is now like giant and stomping around so Iron Man shoots at it and uh, manages to take it out. Um, all of the emotions caused by all of this cause Man-Thing to start making his way toward all of this. Cynthia at this point then just like wanders out of the swamp back to being a child still in her ripped up iron girl costume when uh when one of the omegaville dudes comes running up to help her it's then that molecule man is just like haha i'm in charge now um and so you know iron man gets involved she blasts iron man and turns him to stone but then Man-Thing appears behind her and grabs Molecule Woman's arm. Uh, at which point she begins to freak out and of course starts to burn, which causes her to drop the wand. Uh, when that happens, Cynthia is returned to normal. Uh, her mother is returned to normal and so is Iron Man. A snake, who happens to be there, uh, (laughs) decides to pick up the wand and uh, then proceeds to turn into a reptilian version of Molecule Man, which Iron Man then fights and so on and so forth, and manages to knock the Snake Man, the Molecule Snake Man, down and take uh, the wand back. And so this leads to a fight between Iron Man and uh, Molecule Man for the body of Tony Stark. Um, And Stark, uh, it's really funny um, because Molecule Man is like trying to take control and Iron Man's like, you can't, you could barely win Dominion over the mind of a little girl. And uh, Molecule Man is like, I can wait, Avenger. Take my time. Exert only enough effort to strain Anthony Stark's damaged heart to its limits. Then when you're impotent to prevent it, I'll take you, Iron Man. But right as this is happening, Man-Thing reaches out and takes the wand from Iron Man. And this is really kind of the one, the one thing about this issue I really like, is that you... You see Man-Thing's eyes, and you see uh, 
molecule man reflected mm-hmm. in the eyes, like trying to take control. Right. But then there's nothing there to to take control of, and molecule man basically just dissipates at that point. So, man thing wander takes the wand and wanders off into the uh, um into the swamp. Everybody seems to be okay. Cynthia's alive. So happy ending, I guess. Hooray. Hooray. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Fantastic four. Number 168 is written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Rich Buckler, inked by Joe Sinnott, colored by Phil Rachelson and lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, the Fantastic Four return from their battle with the Hulk. And, you know, the question now becomes, what do we do about Thing? Um, and Thing John, becomes, and Thing's also having to do that, which is what do yeah. we do about Thing? Or yeah. Ben. And Johnny, uh, Johnny is also having problems because he's like, you know, this is ever since the thing with Frankie Ray, where she found out he was the human torch and freaked the fuck out. He's been having issues and just wanting to have something resembling a normal life, which I don't think lasts long because (laughs) usually like Johnny's like, yeah, being the human torch is awesome. But, uh, this happens and then like it doesn't last you know so whatever um but so uh ben and alicia are making their way to the baxter building uh and there's a there's a brief moment where a couple of guys come up and they're like oh my god you're you and uh Ben's like, all right, one autograph apiece. Come on, let's do this. And it turns out that they are fans of Alicia's. And Ben Ben reacts to this reasonably well on the outside. Like he's not like, eh, fuck you or anything like that. No, at first he's, and even on the inside, he's like, well, you know, Alicia should actually get some time here. Uh, she's a world famous artist sculptor yeah Yeah. it doesn't always have to be about me yeah so he handles it reasonably well you know but he he's he's kind of thrown for a loop by the whole thing and uh so they make their way inside and he's forgotten to wear his special belt that will allow him to call the elevator but the guy the guy in the lobby recognizes alicia and he's like oh yeah let me just buzz you right in um so uh ben though at one point in all of this is having a little moment where he's just like there's there's a weird thing his body's doing but at the time, we don't really have anything to go on. It's just a weird hitch. Yeah. Um, but they come into they come into the Baxter Building, and uh, Reed 
Reed announces that according to their charter, which I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has ever come up. Like, I realize that they're technically incorporated at this point. <coughs> yeah. But. I don't remember. I don't yeah. The, uh, the upshot of it is basically they have to have four members with superpowers. Um, so they're like, we have to replace you. And it's at this point that Reed reveals they have retained the services of Luke Cage. Um, and they go into this practice room where he's fighting a, a training robot. Uh, and smashes it and he's just like, hey, sorry about that, man. <coughs> and Reed's like, that's fine. Those were obsolete anyway. Uh, ben does not handle this part well. Um, no, he decides to be a dick to Luke pretty yeah. much immediately. Yeah. Uh, and Luke's like, hey man, look, I'm not trying to replace you here. I'm not trying to cause problems. This is just a gig. Yeah. And uh, Ben's like, whatever, I don't fucking need this. I'm about to be rich. And so he shows the, he turns on the TV and there's supposed to be this big interview with him. Uh, but they cut it short. They literally, like, they have him there and he gives they ask him a question and he gives a weird, slightly awkward answer. And then the rest is just them talking about when he was the host playing stock footage of when he was the thing. And so Ben gets pissed, storms out of the room and calls his agent and is like, can you, what else can you get me? And the agent's like, well, you know, if you were still the thing, we could get you a lot of stuff. But now that you're just a dude, uh, not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Ben gets pissed off and storms back into the room. <laughs> uh, during wi At which point the Fantastic Four are having a training session. Because apparently everybody's just like, whatever, Ben can handle his shit. It's fine. Uh, but they're practicing, and Reed is just like, you don't have powers anymore. You can't, you can't do this shit. You can't wander in here, man. You might get murdered. Um, and, yeah, so there's an alarm. And uh, letting them know that a bank is being robbed because... This is... A, <sighs> I think it's a bank... Excuse me. I think it's a bank they have stuff in. Is... Like, re... Put an alarm on this bank because he's got something in the safe deposit area. Um, I don't know. But... Is that... What are you basing that off of? I think... Because Johnny says it. 
It's one of our it? it's one of our automatic alarms. Remember, hooked up to one of the local banks where you've got a safety deposit box. Okay, I missed that, so I didn't. I wasn't trying to challenge you on that. I was just trying to figure out, like, okay, uh, um, where are you getting that? Um, so f- they 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 all head out except for Ben because he shouldn't go. Oh no! Wait, Ben demands to go too, because yeah. um, Luke goes to get in his chair, and he's like, "Nope, that's my spot. You get out of there." And Johnny's like, "I can just fly. Everybody, chill." So Johnny flies down there. Uh, ben goes to. He's still just stewing about this, and then he decides, "Fuck it! I'm gonna prove to them that I'm not useless." And it's like okay man uh and he disengages his sidecar from the fantastic car and goes to flying at oh god it's the wrecker and it's mm-hmm. like you you should know now you're you're outclassed you need to you need to run um mm-hmm. and the wrecker proceeds to damn near kill him um until everybody else shows up and manages to sort of shoo the wrecker away um but the wrecker's acting weird like yeah he's even saying like i don't know why i'm here i'm just doing this and i'm fucking doing it god damn it and they're like okay that's a strange thing to say uh sue tries to tell ben just stay fucking down man and he like He's like, nah, I can will the thing back into existence. Maybe it's like with Banner. When he gets mad, he turns into the Hulk, and he tries that, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, everybody else is fighting the Wrecker, and then it, Ben wanders into the scene again, and this building tries to crush him. And uh-huh. so Wrecker's like, great, cool, now I got me a hostage. And Pulls him up onto a parking lot to be. And Fantastic or Mr. Fantastic makes Wrecker drop Ben and the bag he was holding. Um, and Luke just punches the shit out of him. So, end of the day. Wrecker stopped. We don't know what he was getting. Uh... Ben is still pissed, decides to continue to try to take it out on Luke, punches him in the gut, which literally does nothing, and he wanders away angry. So Yeah. And, yeah. Whatever. Uh, so much of this is just set up for, yeah, that, like, nothing really concrete in this issue happens on its own. It's yeah. mostly setting up for the later bits. Um, so let us take a break and we will uh, finish this up in a minute. I keep trying to find sales figures for comics in the 90s. 
specifically because I I was having a conversation about X Men number one, mm-hmm. and about how. Uh, so X Men number one is the highest selling comic of all time. It sold seven or eight million copies. Damn. Like, it was ludicrous. Yeah. And a large portion of that is, of course, the speculator market. Right. But there are a lot of things about it that are, that would have made it a a bestseller anyway. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is X-Men was a top 10 seller anyway. Yeah. It was always like throughout the eighties, X-Men was, if not Marvel's highest seller in any given month, it was up there. Um, add to that, the fact that it was part of an overall X-Men relaunch, the fact that it had Jim Lee on art, the fact that it was a number one before the very concept of number ones had been utterly devalued, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And I think it would have been, you know, it would have sold a lot of copies anyway. Um, also the fact that, uh, you know, the way, the way that they did it was, they, it was like each month a different cover was released. So, you know, it was, it was one of those things of, it was going to be a sales success anyway. Right. Um, but the, I'm curious to know what, how it would have actually sold. So I've been trying to find information about like the concurrent issue of uncanny x-men uh some of the other issues from that same relaunch like x-factor number 75 and so on and then the sales figures for x-men number two um but i just i can't like uh i found a website that has information about a lot of older comics but their month by month sales charts are really spotty and in fact like the only i can only find information for like july june and august of 1991 and number one came out in october right so i just i can't find that information i think i told casey that i wanted to try and find this stuff out and she's like and what is this for and i'm like my own use like it's (laughs) i I was having a fight with an internet rando and now i'm curious well it wasn't the thing was the conversation wasn't even in a fight like usually i will own up to some if i'm fighting with someone this is someone who i am mutuals with on twitter and uh it was just a it was a conversation about you know the peaks and troughs of x-men's popularity over the years Mm -hmm. um but it was genuinely like i wasn't trying to prove a point or anything like that i knew 
that the sales of X-Men number one were speculator driven. Right. End of story. Um, there is no way it would have sold that many copies were it not for that fact. Especially since, like, I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, depending on when the cartoon premiered, but the cartoon premiered a year later. So, like, you know, the fact that most of the blue team appeared in the cartoon versus the gold team that had, like, two characters makes no difference. Right. So, you know, this was... This was never about trying to prove anything to anyone. It was purely my own curiosity and really just to put, you know, saying X-Men number one sold this many and is the highest selling comic book of all time is all fine and good. I just kind of, I think it would be interesting to put that in context of the overall sales of X-Men at the time. Yeah. That's all. Anyway, but I apparently can't without a time machine. So, well, whatever. Weird. I'm getting a call from my daughter's elementary school on a Sunday. Like. I'd let that go to voicemail. Well, the weird thing is normally if there's just like a school announcement, it's a random number. They have an auto dialer and they play a message. Sure. This actually pops up as Winwood Elementary School. Huh. And I'm like, huh. Anyway, all right. We're we're back. Um We are picking up with uh Fantastic Four number one sixty nine, which is lettered by John Costanza. Uh, the first part of this issue is basically Ben is drowning his sorrows at a bar. Super uh, drunk. A woman comes up and she's like, hey, wanna fuck? And he's like, yeah, go away. And so she goes over to this other guy and she's like, you wanted to buy me a drink, right? And he's like, yeah, sure. And she's like, well, first you gotta beat the shit out of that guy. And so this touches off a whole thing and ben like to his credit ben like holds his own against a bar full of dudes yeah but eventually of course one of them clubs him over the head and then they start just wailing on him while he's on the ground but it's at that point that reed and johnny show up johnny uh johnny's like hey knock it off and they're like (coughs) What the fuck? Like, why are you all pretending to be the Fantastic Four? At which point, Don, Johnny bursts into flames, and they're like, "Oh shit, they are!" And uh, so, uh, as they're leaving, the woman is like, "So you really are the thing?" And he's just like, "Yeah." And he like crushes a beer can and tosses it to her as a, you know, something she can show off to her other boyfriends. Uh whatever but uh luke meanwhile is with alicia uh franklin and sue and he's showing off a little bit uh for franklin while complaining about ben's shitty attitude and sue 
I, I got to give her credit. She kind of, uh, she kind of shuts him down because she's just like, you know what? I had always heard uh, that you were a guy who could put up with anyone uh, if you've, if you had a mind to. And he's like, yeah, all right. Point made. All right. All right. Um, yeah. But you know, Luke finds out that Franklin once had powers and he's like, wow, I had no idea. And she's like, well, we like to keep our private lives private. Um, there's a lot of interpersonal stuff here. Like, you know, Luke asks her why she hasn't changed her name from invisible girl to invisible woman. And she's just like, you know, maybe I will at some point right now. I'm just, kind of enjoying things and uh, so on and so forth. But at one point, Luke lifts a couch up off the floor uh, when suddenly he's just like, gotta kill ya. And uh, <laughs> so Time for me to he, kill you. I'm sorry. He starts like attacking Sue. Uh, and not only does he not focus on Franklin or Alicia, but he very he makes a very large point that Alicia is not going to be touched in all of this. So he starts attacking Sue. She throws up a force field and he starts beating on it, um, which puts a lot of strain on her. And she's about to buckle when uh, Reed and the others arrive. Um, while... When this happens, um, they, they have a fight. Reed is, you know, kind of knocked around. Johnny sustains an injury to his arm. Uh, and Power Man takes off and starts just smashing shit in Reed's lab. Uh, in the process of which a canister on a table is knocked off and falls onto the time platform and disappears. More on that later. Right. Uh, but so Power Man makes his way to the hangar where just that morning he was taught how to fly the Fantasticar. Um, and he escapes. Um, Reed at this point takes them into the side room marked Project X. Um, and Reed explains that Luke was only ever a temporary replacement for the thing. Um, at this point, there is a thing, there is another version of the thing standing in the room. And Ben's like, ah, oh, what the hell? <laughs> you um, son of a bitch. You told me you wouldn't be cloning me anymore. Yeah. And then, he, but then he, he jumps to, I know what this is. This is Reed from the other verse that I met before. And Reed's like, Come, would you shut up? And he's like, no, no, well, no. Well, that's, that's the start of the next issue, isn't it? I thought that was this one. I'm pretty sure it's because the it ends on the cliffhanger of there's another thing i think oh okay whatever whatever fantastic four number 170 is lettered by joe rosen uh yeah thing is like this is obviously the reed richards from another dimension 
and is like about ready to knock its block off uh, when Reed just reaches over and takes the head off and shows that it's an exoskeleton for Ben to wear into battle um, that uh, augments his strength and provides protection stuff like that uh, Alicia disappears uh, Torch is forced to stay behind because he was injured by Power Man and so Ben Reed and Sue go after Luke um, Ben is initially a little weirded out uh, by the exoskeleton um, and uh but he's like, you, you know, know what, I'll give it a try. And he goes, he's like, also, by the way, uh, Ben brings up a good a good point. It's like, what if somebody else steals this? And Reed's yeah. like, no, it's uh, specifically designed so that only you can use it. It's like, okay, cool. Um but he, at first he's a little wonky he's he's not he doesn't he's having trouble getting used to it uh reaction time's a little delayed and but he he starts making it work and punches a hole through a wall um and what i think what i think is interesting here is ben kind of laments having been cured yeah and Reed gets pissed um, and starts laying into him. At which point, this snaps Ben out of his funk and he's just like, I see what you were doing. You were trying to, you thought that, you know, by getting pissed off at me, maybe that would make me think that, or get me to stop feeling sorry for myself. And Reed's like, of course. And like, the way I have chosen to read this i don't know if it's actually the way it comes across is that reed has been trying for so long and has had uh ben's condition held over his head for so long uh that for now for ben to now be cured and complaining about being human i feel like it's real. it's kind of apt for him to get a little pissed off here it is warranted do what it is warranted yes and i i like to think that he's just playing it off after ben says that so that he doesn't like he doesn't have to admit that he actually got angry yeah but whatever um but so they go after they they find a spare old tub style Fantasticar that they had in mothballed in a spare room uh, and they go after Luke and Ben continues being kind of shitty about the whole Luke thing um, and uh, you know Reed informs him that yes Luke got paid however Luke paid what he needed to pay and then the rest went to charity and Ben's just like oh 
Yeah. Um, it it was a stupid hang-up to begin with, and then to find out that once he realizes it's going to charity, he's not even that pissed about it. He's like, he feels bad about being pissed about it. And it's like, you probably should have felt bad about being pissed about it anyway. Like, Yeah. Well, as certainly as soon as Reed revealed that Luke was a temporary replacement. Right, yeah. But, I mean, Ben's whole reaction to all of this was pretty over the top to begin with. Right. But, like, he's had multiple times where he should have just been like, you know what, I'm being kind of crazy. But he hasn't. Whatever. So, Alicia realized what was going on and so she goes to pay a visit to this maximum security prison where her stepfather the puppet master is being held uh he's like oh it's so good to see you and she's like you know i visit whenever i can but uh how'd you do it and she's like i like her a lot in this yeah this is this is this is an alicia that gets shit done like so often Alicia's just like, Ben, honey, what's going on? Whereas this is like... She asks from the middle of traffic. Yeah. This is an Alicia who, in the course of a fight with Power Man, realizes what's happening and heads off to take care of shit. Uh, And this is the way she should be. But, uh... Anyway, so he's like... I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, Miss Masters, we regularly search his cell. We go over it with a Geiger counter to ensure that there's no radioactivity that's being given off by his special clay and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, nope, it was him. She's like, you tried to make a, you tried to make a doll of Ben not knowing that he wasn't the thing anymore. And when that didn't work, you changed it. And now you're controlling Luke. And he's like, I, I am offended by the implication. (laughs) And so she goes over and starts feeling around the wall, feels a loose stone, pulls it out. Um, and everybody's like, Oh shit. And then, uh, he grabs the, the, puppet um and it's it's kind of interesting the way because up until now when puppet master was controlling somebody they were mindless this this version of his abilities involves being able to make people do shit while at the same time retaining their personality memories and so forth right um so that's an interesting wrinkle but uh at this point in time power man slams through the wall um and uh takes alicia hostage uh puppet master climbs into the fantastic car and they take off uh while they are flying away they are the, they then come under attack from the fantastic four um did sue stay behind did i miss something there um i don't know where she yeah she stayed with johnny okay my bad i th- for some reason i thought sue would come but yeah it's just reed and ben um 
Reed or Ben jumps down and starts fighting with uh, Luke. Puppet Master, like in the course of things, there's a there's a bit of uh, a wobble, <laughs> um, which causes uh, Puppet Master to drop his puppet and over one side and Alicia to fall over the other puppet master then leaps after Alicia to save her more to die with her. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he has no way of saving her as such, but whatever they're saved by Mr. Fantastic. The puppet hits the water and dissolves at which point Luke is just like, okay, no, stop, stop, stop hitting me. I'm myself again. Time out, time um, out, time out. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um, and at the end of this, Ben is flying back. Like Luke and Reed take the fanta- the new Fantastic car and return puppet master to prison ben takes alicia and flies back toward the city and along the way he starts thinking about marriage but it's never going to happen not until here recently so yep the power of for of future knowledge anyway uh fantastic four number uh, annual number 11 is penciled by John Bashima and inked by Sam Granger. This one, okay, so they are in the middle of a big training uh, session, and uh, Ben decides to smash the floor and send them all falling to the floor below um and reads just like ben you can't be smashing shit just to smash shit like we ain't made of money and ben's like reed we have a time machine we can literally (laughs) go and get what's frustrating to me is they they make a big thing about like he's like we can just go and steal treasure from the past why 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 wouldn't you bust out some fucking stock market knowledge like if i had a time machine i would go back in time buy some apple stock put it in a put it in a folder (laughs) and have it like arrange with a lawyer for it to be delivered tomorrow (laughs) So that my life up to this point would continue the way it was. Because I don't want, I don't want like sudden wealth in the past to prevent me from meeting my wife or whatever. Right. Like, you know, things can proceed the way they did. But then tomorrow, hey, Apple stock, like, you know, whatever. Why does it have to be Blackbeard's treasure? But anyway, they yeah, go into the room. It, the The price of gold is constantly fluctuating you don't want that yeah plus i mean you know 
museums don't have that much money, bro. Like, most of their shit is donated. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so... He's he's explaining to him the way that... Or he's explaining to Reed the way that we could use the time machine to get rich. And he's, like, pointing him at the time machine room. And he opens the door and... Oh, shit! There's a bunch of Nazis in there. Um, And they're all very confused Nazis. Like, why are we here? I don't know. And then they... uh, They start shooting. So we... Punch them. The, the problem. The problem is, you know, if you see one Nazi, I there's mean, a thousand more in the wall. Yeah, you're, um, you're gonna have to get a professional. Yeah. So, but Reed looks at it and realizes, oh shit, they, they deal. They deal with the Nazis, and then Reed's like, shit, there was vibranium right here. Where did the vibranium go? Um, and uh, they're like, what vibranium? What are you talking about? And so Reed looks at it. He he has upgraded Doom's time machine to allow him to look into the past. And sure enough, he looks into the past and finds that the Nazis have taken over like uh, the the Nazis who came through the time machine came from 1946 and reads like that's way too late <laughs> and, uh, and uh, <laughs> I love so I say I will say you know I will copy over the synopsis for the issue to my notes so I don't ha- so I can keep track of where we've been right uh my favorite thing is that in the synopsis of this issue from the Marvel wiki uh it says this comes as a shock to the group because the war was over by 1944 a fact that Reed and Ben know for a fact having served in the U.S. military during World War II. Is that the only reason they know, guys? Like, <laughs> I I didn't serve in the military, military yeah. in World War II, and I know when World War II ended. Uh, but anyway, so they are trying to figure out where the vibranium wound up. Um, and so... The Watcher shows up and it's just like, oh shit, it's a big deal. But the Watcher refuses to speak and reads like, well, obviously having gotten involved in the past, the Watcher is now, he obviously doesn't know about the uh, trial of the Watcher and all that shit. Yeah. So he's just like, apparently he up and decided on his own to stop interjecting into shit. Um, But... So Reed starts trying to work together or work together, work out where exactly the, uh, the vibranium would have wound up. Um, and so he does some calculations based on when the time machine was set and 
what various jostling would have done to it, and he works out that it was probably around 1942. So, the Fantastic Four get on the time platform and travel back in time. Um, We then switch to the Invaders. Directly Um, into a secret Invaders meeting. Yeah, the, the Fantastic Four randomly materialize into a British intelligence meeting. Uh, there's the obligatory misunderstanding because, like, you know, most misunderstandings are, I don't know who you are, or I know who you are, but I think you're a killer, or whatever. Yeah. This is just, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who the fuck uh, are you, and how did you get in here? Smack! <laughs> so, it's... The invaders are like they're Nazis, and the Fantastic Four is like, "No, we're not Nazis. From we're from the future, obviously. <laughs> uh, we're not Nazis. We're f- this is that better? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So they decide to work together, and they they storm this castle, Sherbell, um, and. There are a few false starts where they just happen across other Nazi shit. <laughs> like, it's just basically like, is this is this the room with all the missiles? And they're like, no, no, this is the room where we're cutting up Jewish kids. Aww. Oh, smash. And then like, you know, stuff like that. So there's a few false starts. But finally, Reed had worked out that uh that vibranium could be used to keep to help keep the v2 rockets on target and that's what made the difference so they find they find uh at one point like johnny is with captain america and bucky and he's a little weirded out because he's just like this kid's gonna die like (laughs) real soon and uh, and Bucky's just like, hey, uh, what's the matter there, Chief? And Johnny's like, nothing. It's certainly not future knowledge. <laughs> you poor doomed bastard. <laughs> like, but they happen across Baron Zemo and change the circumstances under which he gets adhesive X on his mask. Which causes the mask to be adhere, uh, adhered to his face until Cap eventually kills him. Uh, so Ben, Human Torch, and ugh, Toro uh, find the rockets um, and manage to wreck most of them. However, the Nazis are able to launch one that heads toward uh, London, nearly said Russia. Don't know why. Uh, But Ben manages to grab hold of it and uh, tinkers with the wiring, causing it to swing back around at the castle and destroys it. Um, the, The key is not able to get off, and so 
it initially seems like he is going down with the missile. Right. But then he's like, ah, and then wakes up in the pre- then present day in Reed's lab. Um, and it turns out that they have a, that Reed had developed a tether basically that would snap them back once they had done what they needed to do. Um, the problem is then that uh, Reed discovers that there's only they've recovered only half of the cylinder of vibranium. Now, I feel like that kind of makes sense because they'd already made several missiles that wound up being smashed. Sure. Uh, but they're like, okay, well, that's that, I guess. But Ben is like, hmm. Okay. Um, but he hangs back for a second, at which point the watcher is still there. Um, and Ben's like, it ain't done, eh, is it? No, of course it's fucking not. And that's where we leave things. It will pick up next week in Marvel 2-in-1 annual number one. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top 5. Top 5. Top 5. From me, number 1, or number 5, is Ben being convinced that the thing suit was Reed thing. Because I thought it was A, hilarious, and B, like the way that he's just like, uh uh uh, no, no, no. This is that read from the other place. And I like I like that. Because his very first go to conclusion is if Reed could have more read and thing at the same time, he would definitely do that. Um mm-hmm. because he's right. Uh number four, the Lego Spaceman helmet on Hulk. Because it's that's the very first thing that I thought of. It's a, a psycho magnetron or something whatever it is the the helmet that right. makes it so hulk can or so banner the can use helmet hulk's body it looks like a lego spaceman helmet yep uh number three uh jarella being pretty great this week uh i don't know i just like her i like those stories i like hulk being happy i like somebody being on hulk's side uh, just, we don't get that a lot um, yeah. Someone. I also like someone that Hulk is reasonable with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number two, Alicia confronting the post- puppet master because that was rad. Um, we, she doesn't get a lot to do very often, and the fact that she just figured it out and just automatically went and confronted him, and then the way she confronted him, and even yeah. when the when the guards are like, uh, "Miss, we." We check his cell all the time. No, no stone unturned, like or left unturned. We, we got this. He's he's innocent. And she's like, nope, fuck that. You're wrong. And then she mm-hmm. proves him wrong. It's great. And then, uh, yeah, number one, you poor doomed bastard. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Johnny and Bucky. Oh. I 
Well, I'll get I'll get to that in a second because yeah. right. I I have some thoughts. So that's on me. That. Okay, so uh, number five for me is Hulk curling the ground back together. Yeah. Uh, number four is Glenn is catatonic because there's a monster living in his head. You know, the way that works. Yep. Uh, <laughs> number three is uh, <clears throat> Molecule Man dissipates in Man-Thing's empty head. Because uh, that was that was a really interesting end to that whole thing and kind of an interesting visual yeah as well i it's one of those things that i think it was really good and maybe the only i don't know a truly masterful uh team because that was that was Steve Gerber and Sal Bashima. I don't know. Like I feel like maybe there could it could have been a little more fluid. Oh sure. And presented a little better a little better. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It was really good, but it was it could have been next level. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Number two is Alicia uh because yeah you are you are really used to alicia um getting you know kind of being treated as though because she's blind she's dumber than a bag of hair (laughs) and uh so getting to see competent effective alicia was nice yeah um and then my last one is the is the whole like oh bucky the thing the thing about it is so one of the things i really love is um there is a uh there is a video by dan o'brien from back when he was with cracked that was talking about it was an obsessive pop culture disorder and it was talking about how not enough is made of the fact that uh, Ron Weasley's pet rat was actually a middle-aged man. Yeah. And had re- been for several years before I they discovered. That. And Ron was going through puberty. So Scabbers slash Peter Pettigrew absolutely watched Ron masturbate. And like, and the thing that the thing that ta- caps it off for me is that for the rest of his life, whenever Ron's kids ask him if they can get a pet, he's always going to go a little quiet and just stare <laughs> into the middle distance. And that's that to me is hilarious. And so what's hilarious to this about this to me is we saw that one moment. But I like to think that there were a whole bunch of other moments where, like, the FF was really awkward around Bucky, where it's just like, so, Toro, what do you think you're going to do after the war? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking I might go to college and then maybe become a teacher. And Bucky chimes in and he's just like, do you want to know what I'm going to do? 
Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah, Buck. Yeah. yeah, bud. Why go ahead. Why don't you tell um, me your hopes and dreams? Yeah, tell me your hopes and dreams. For the future. <laughs> that won't that won't make me feel horrible at all. I would love to know that. That would be the kind of thing that that would not keep me up at night staring into the middle <laughs> distance. <laughs> Why are yeah. you guys being so weird? Can we go punch No reason. Can we go punch what? Nazis now? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's that's the thing that really gets it for me. That's the thing that takes an already awkward scene and just elevates it into the realm of pure hilarity. Yeah. It's just the 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 moments that aren't seen but that you can kind of extrapolate. Yeah. So anyway, and I and I like to think that Bucky's maybe not the most observant like Bucky, as he is shown in flashbacks now, would probably pick up on something like that immediately. Bucky, as he appeared in Golden and Silver Age comics, I could see it being like several awkward moments where people are just like, Hey, Buck. Uh, Before he's finally just like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, if the boy wants ice cream, we get him ice cream. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, so uh, next week, we've got a little bit of everything. Uh, we are going to be picking back up within humans, which actually kind of like kind of got really interesting there toward the end of the last time we read it so i don't know we'll see if that continues um we have the last half of this story about vibranium in the 40s and some power man all kinds of fun stuff so uh in the meantime uh follow us both on or Excuse me. Like us on Facebook. Follow us both individually and at Watchers Guide MU. Uh, email us at watchersguide at gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com. Uh, that is it for us, and have a marvelous week. Bye. Bye.